Several years ago, I, I shared an illustrated sermon. In the illustrated sermon, everybody that walked in the church that weekend received a card, and the card had a lace on, a piece of lace. And tied on the lace to the card was a ring. It was just a child's kind of a toy ring. You've seen those little gold rings, that kind of like in a Cracker Jack box, you know, where you expand them and contract them to just to the, to the finger of any child. You know, you spread them apart, just little cheap ring. But the purpose of that was the, the ring represented the heart. And at a moment in the service inviting people to give their heart to the Lord as a symbol to walk down and take that ring and place it in a container that we had in the altar. And that ring going in there was representing of their heart and then we would pray with them. And we had these containers and they were filled with those little toy rings. And after it was all over, we just kind of gathered them together and discarded them. Well, about three and a half weeks later, a lady came to me in the church and she said to me, I want my wedding ring back. Your wedding ring back? What, what are you talking about? You remember that service pastor and put the ring in? I came to church that day and I was mad at my husband. I was fed up with this marriage and I was getting out and I was just saying, God, you can take this marriage and I'm out. Well, we've kind of patched it up. So I want my wedding ring back. I said, ma'am, it's in a landfill right now. I have no, I never dreamed somebody would put their wedding ring in that container. Here's what I'm here to encourage you to do. Don't throw away your marriage. Every one of us, couples, every couple, don't throw away your marriage. I'm going to talk about the importance of marriage. And for singles, can I tell you, I'm going to share some things with you in the next few moments. If you can grasp them, they will save you a world of heartache when you finally move into your marriage. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't walk away. Now, I'm sure married couples somewhere, somewhere in the past, you, you know on your playlist, sir, you, 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 you were... You were voicing the song and you told your sweetheart, ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river deep enough that'll keep me from loving you, babe. But now you won't even open the car door for her. Where has it gone? I mean, you, perhaps at your, at your wedding, you dad, that first dance was to... Lionel Richie and Diana Ross, endless love. You, you, you dance to that. But are you saying today, I can't do it anymore? Are you saying today, the dream is gone, I, I just can't make it happen anymore? You see, you can, you can get to that place in a marriage. And some of us, some of us, we're just kind of struggling. We're just distant, been busy, kind of preoccupied. Things have been going on, you know, kind of distracted. Some of us, we feel like our marriage is on the rocks right now. You're in church and you're holding on by your fingertips. And some of you, you're in church and you're, you're already planning your exit strategy from the marriage. And I want to speak this weekend on this phrase, until death do we part. Until death do we part. That's a phrase that that I take couples through in the marriage vows. 
And that's the concluding statement. After you pledge and you vow your commitment to one another, how long should this last? Until death do we part. And today, some of us have taken the word until out. And we're using the word unless. I'm in. I'm only in this marriage. And and, and I'm going to get out unless he changes. Unless I feel better. Unless things change this year, and, and unless by April things are not different, some of us have, have changed our until to an unless. You had an until wedding ceremony, but you're living an unless marriage. And God wants us to recommit to one another that we would say until death do we part. I wish when I performed a wedding ceremony I had an until pill I could give them. That when I, I gave them that pill, it would be like the flu vaccination. It would inoculate them against any of the ills, the problems, and the struggles of marriage. But there is no until pill. But I want to share with you God's Word shares with us some until skill. And I want to invite you, whether on the Westover app or in your Bible, join me in the book of Songs of Solomon. Songs of Solomon in the Old Testament, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, a little book there, Songs of Solomon. Let me tell you about this book. This is what we're going to be speaking on today, Until Death Do We Part. This is written by Solomon, the wisest man that has ever lived. He wrote songs. This is, if you could, if please, this is the Holy Spirit's playlist for a marriage. The Holy Spirit gave us a playlist for marriage, and it's, the book of Songs of Solomon. Now, it's love songs. And like all love songs, there are symbols and metaphors that are used. I mean, uh, it's like the song by Bobby Vinton. Roses are red, my dear, violets are blue, you know. That, that's a metaphor. Uh, uh, you're the wind beneath my wings. That's a metaphor. Well, in the love songs in this book, there's going to be language used that's speaking about Marital love, symbols that, that just show the depth and the richness of the marriage. So I'm going to invite you to join me in chapter number 2, verse number 1. We're going to read several verses, but the key verses we're going to build on this weekend is verses 14 and 15. But verse number 1 of chapter 2. I'm a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valley. Like a lily among thorns is my darling among the young women. Guys, your wife should be a lily among thorns. All other women are thorns. Your wife is the lily. Don't talk to your, to your co-workers nicer than you talk to your wife. Don't talk to the, to, the, to the waitress at the restaurant today nicer than you talk to your wife. Don't tip her and never say thank you when your wife cooks a meal. That's just not right. She should be. That's good preaching, isn't it? Those are all female hand claps in the room right now. Your wife should be a lily among the thorns. Let's continue. Verse number three. Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my beloved among young men. I delight to sit in the shade and his fruit is sweet to my taste. Wow. The verse number four. Let him lead me to the banquet hall. And let his banner over me be love. That's important. Let him lead me to the banquet hall. Let his banner over me be love. What does that speak of? That speaks of a marriage license. 
He's going to take me to the banquet hall, and then he's going to give me a marriage license, his banner over me as love. Let me tell you, lady, if he says he loves, but there's no marriage license in that future, question it. Question it. Verse number 5 and 6. Now, verse number 5 and 6, we're going to begin to get some sensual language here. Now, let me, let, let me tell you, the metaphor here, in the book of Songs of Solomon, he's going to use metaphor of fruit, vines, blossoms, and scholars tell us this is descriptive, erotic language of human genitalia. It's very sensitive, very erotic, very sensual language. L- listen to this. Verse number four. It's right in the Bible. Somebody say, I'd like to have a pictorial Bible. Guys, there's no pictorial Bible in this, okay? There's no pictorial Bible here. Just, just listen to your passion. Let me, let, me, let me lead you through this. Verse number five. Strengthen me with raisins. Refresh me with apples, for I am faint with love. His left arm is under my head. His right arm, it embraces me. Now, here it is. If he doesn't give you a verse 4 where there's a marriage license, you don't get verse 5 and 6. Are you with me? Are you with me? You have to have a verse number 4. There has to be a banner. There has to be a marriage license before you go down to verse number 5 and 6. That's what God intends. Now, let me sum up these verses. It's falling in love. It's romance. It's honeymoon. But now I want you to go to verse number 11. Hmm. We've had romance. We've had honeymoon. Notice verse number 11. See, the winter is past. The rains are gone over. Wow. What happened? What happened? I mean, we began reading. It's springtime. The lilies. She's like a lily among thorns. It's springtime. Everything's blossoming. And then all of a sudden, verse number 11, it's winter time. What happened? Let me share with you. Every marriage goes through a winter time. Every marriage. Because your marriage is in winter time doesn't mean you marry the wrong person. And it's not doesn't mean it's time to get out. Every marriage will have a winter time. It will get cold. It, it will get restless. There will be a time when there's a cold shoulder. There will be a time when it's, it seems like it's unsettled and things are not as warm, as romantic as it used to be. Winter will come. Now, winter doesn't need to last several years, but winter does come. So if you're in a marriage right now, things are not quite as romantic and we're not quite as connected and I don't feel quite as emotional about it. I don't feel quite as connected as I used to be. That's all right. That happens in marriage. You, You can come back and be renewed. In fact, let's go down to verse number 14 and 15. That's where we're going to spend the rest of our time. Verses 14 and 15 in this song He's going to give us four things in how to renew love in a marriage. You want to renew love? If you had a little bit of winter, okay? Maybe you're not having an Alaskan winter, okay? Maybe you're just having a South Texas winter. You know, it's just, a, just not as warm and feely and wonderful and, and just kind of, you know, that fuzzies it used to be. You're not really, not really at the worst end of the marriage, but maybe some of us, we feel like we're at rock bottom 
regardless, regardless. Winter comes. How do we renew love in marriage? Verses 14 and 15 is going to tell us four things. Let's read the verses. Verse 14 and 15. My dove is in the cleft of the rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside. Show me your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyard, our vineyards that are in blossom, are in bloom. Four things, right from verse 14 and 15. First thing I want to share with you. You want to renew love in marriage? We have to reconnect emotionally. Reconnect emotionally. Notice verse number 14, that first phrase. My dove is in the cleft of the rocks, in the hiding places on the mountain. Show me your face. Let me hear your voice. He's using a word picture here. The word picture is this. That when it becomes winter and cold, what happens? Dove are migratory birds. They fly to a warmer place. When a storm is going on, when the, the, the weather is tumultuous, have you ever noticed you don't see birds flying when the storms is raging outside? They always go to a nest. They go to a cleft. They go to a hiding place. They get someplace safe. And that's the word picture here. The marriage went into winter. It was stormy. Thing. We weren't getting along. There was conflict in the marriage. So what happened? My dove went to the mountainsides, went to the cleft. And now he's saying, it's time for us to reconnect emotionally. Come on, show your face. Let me see you again, my dove. If we're going to put love back into the marriage, we have to move from retreating and withdrawing and we have to re-engage and step back in the relationship. Oh, I know sometimes in the winter time when there's conflict, we kind of step back and we withdraw a little bit. That can happen. Don't stay there. Reconnect emotionally. Come back into the marriage. Come back from the hiding place. Join the marriage again. Don't stay removed. Don't clam up. Don't stiff arm. Don't stonewall. Engage in the marriage again. Reconnect emotionally. And how do you do that? You can begin to send some signals. Yes. You, 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 sometimes we can't take a giant step. Sometimes when we're coming out of winter or we're coming out of a stormy time, it's hard to take a giant leap in our feelings. That's all right. That's all right. Just show your face. Did you hear what said? Show your face. For your face is sweet, is lovely. Let me just see it. Take a step. Send a signal. What are you talking about? Well, for example, sit close to her. Yeah. Just, you, you have your different place. Go sit close to her. And then when you sit close to her, there's that awkwardness. What do I do with this arm? You know? Give me elbow room. No. Pick that arm up. And as hard as it is, do this. Put it, put, put, it, put, put it around her. And you're saying, if you don't mind, my shoulder's kind of sore. No, get over it. Come on. Just put your arm around her. Text her. Take her out for breakfast. Just begin to send signals. Begin to just compliment. We can begin to reconnect emotionally by just sending some compliments, doing a few things that make a difference. You see, hurt and hate drive us to the cleft, to the hiding place. But hope and healing beckons us come back into the marriage. 
And I'm speaking to someone today, and you know it's time to, it's time to reconnect emotionally. Yes. And you may have to just forgive. Sometimes in marriage, yes, it happens. I talk to couples all the time. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. We can't get over this, all this. You can't change all this. No, you can't change it, but you can forgive it. Yes, you can. You can forgive it. God's Word says we can forgive. Jesus said forgive, and you will be forgiven. You can do it. Forgiveness is a choice you make. It may be difficulty, but if you'll say, God, I want to forgive them. I want to forgive my spouse. There's help in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will step in and allow you to release that pain and that hurt. You don't have to trust them to forgive them. You don't have to trust them to forgive them. But you have to forgive them in order to trust them again. And it can happen. So reconnect emotionally. Number two in the marriage. Respond warmly. Reconnect emotionally. Respond warmly. Let's go in the last latter part of verse number 14. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Did you catch those, those phrases, sweet and lovely? Respond warmly. When the spouse begins to reconnect emotionally, respond warmly. You see, nice is not a personality trait. It's learned. It's a decision. And you say, I don't feel nice. I don't feel like being. I don't have any nice in me. That's all right. You can choose to be nice. It's a decision. It's not something you feel. It's something you choose to do. And every one of us, we can right now to begin to respond warmly. There's a thank you and there's a please and there's a nod and there's a pat on the shoulder. There's, a, there's something we can do to respond warmly. And it causes the winter to begin to thaw and leave and the cold shoulders to go. And then all of a sudden that warmth comes back. It's, it's, it's captured in that word. Your voice is sweet. Your face is lovely. That warmth that comes. Now guys, now guys, when you were dating her, when you were trying to woo her over, man, you could do it, guys. Yeah, you could do it then. Yeah, you could do it then. I mean, you were you you saw her and you said, "My goodness, I'd like to I'd like to get to know her." You picked her out, your eyes saw her, somehow your heart was drawn. And I mean, you had some kind of one-liner then. Yeah. You walked up and said, you know what? Hey, I'm writing a phone book. Could I have your number? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Could I have your picture? I want to show Santa what I want for Christmas this year. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. You had a one. Like you did something. I mean, you were there. I mean, come on, guys. We were putting it on. We were saying, I want to win her. I want to. I want to step, I just want to, I want her to notice me. You can do it again. Now, ladies, for just 10 seconds, just 10 seconds, don't listen to me. Let me talk to the guys. Guys, I'm talking to you. You can do it again. I know it's been a while, but you can, you can come up with a way to be, to respond warmly. I mean, you can, you can, you can think of some ways to just kind of, capture and hook her again you 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 could do it i mean just think tomorrow 
you could look at her and say in the morning, you know what? If I could rearrange the alphabet, I would put you and I together. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. She comes home from work tomorrow. You come home from work tomorrow. Look at her and say, sweetheart, you must be exhausted. You've been running through my mind all day long. Yeah. I'm trying to help you guys. I'm trying to help you. Respond warmly. How do you respond warmly? There's things you can do. How long has it been since you used her pet name? How long have you used his, since you used his pet name? Just little, little cute pet names we have in the marriage. Yes, yes. Yeah, you can use, uh, add some adjectives to our description and how we talk. You know, it's, we had a wonderful time. It was delightful. Just begin to add some adjectives. How about some gestures? Some gestures, just little things you do that just communicate warmth. Open the car door. Yes, walk around. Help her. She comes in with the groceries. And you say, you say, sweetheart, is there a lot of groceries? She said, yes. Well, see, you say, well, just make several trips, baby. I don't want you to have to. No, no. <laughs> no, no. You get up. Walk away from that football game or walk away from that basketball game and, and, and help her out. Wink at her. How long has it been since you winked at her? If you winked at her tomorrow, she'd probably go get visine. She thinks you've got something wrong in your eye. You haven't winked at her so long, she'd go get some visine for him. I, might be something in his eye. I just I keep seeing him doing that. I, I'll go get the visine for him. It's been so long since you winked at her. I'm talking about gestures that you can communicate. Respond. Respond warmly. You see, we never lose by loving. But we always lose by holding back. So begin to respond warmly. Your face is lovely. Your voice is sweet. Do you capture the warmth there? That's what he's teaching us. Number three, you want to put love back in your marriage? Remove bickering. Remove bickering. Notice verse number 15 of the song. He says, capture for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyard. It's an old phrase. The little foxes spoil the vine. You thought that was an old grandma saying. No, it's from the Bible. When people say it's the little foxes that spoil the vine, it goes all the way back to this verse. It's been in the Bible. That old wise saying. That we say in life, you know, it's a little foxes that spoil the vine. That comes from Scripture, and it, it references marital love. The little foxes, what is the word picture? Well, the word picture is like a garden, and fruit and vegetables are growing. And you kind of put a barricade or maybe a fence around it to protect it so uh, varmints and, and, and prey don't come in and ravage it. And he is saying, it doesn't matter how, how much you try, how much you try, the little foxes. Always find a way in. The little foxes get to the little hole. You say it's not a big thing. It's not a big thing. It's the little foxes that get in, ravage the fruit, the vineyard, and then leave it where it's no good and it can't feed the family. Great word picture there. 
What is it? The little foxes spoil the vine. What happens in a relationship? Bickering. Bickering. It's not sometimes the big stuff. It's the daily bickering that just erodes away at the marriage. And some of us, we made bickering Olympic sport. You bicker about what to wear and what to pay and where to eat and what to drink and what to put this and what to do that. You can't even ask for salt without arguing with each other. Everything. You don't shop together because every aisle, you no, don't get that. Don't get the 16-ounce can. Get the 24-ounce can. Last time I got the 24-ounce can, we threw some of it away. I don't care if you want the 24-ounce can. You just bicker about everything. Bickering. And it just erodes in the marriage and destroys in the marriage. And you see in marital communication, bickering, it matters what we say and it matters how we say it. Yeah. And let me just say, guys, let me just talk to the men a moment. Guys, when, when we feel challenged, when we feel challenged, we always become defensive. If you feel like something is telling you you're not doing a good job or you're feeling blamed for it, we become challenged immediately. We get defensive and inevitably, almost in a split second, defensive, challenged, defensive, and we stop acting lovingly and we start acting defensively. And fellas, let me help you. Men, men do not like to feel like a failure. If there's anything, guys, that just that demotivate us and, and just cause us to withdraw for us to go to the winner, for, for conflict to come in, is if we feel like a failure. There's just something about a man, he doesn't want to feel like he's failing at anything. And that's why men do not say, I'm sorry. Because I'm sorry always feels like I'm to blame. And men just, they can't come to that moment. And that's why you're, you're polarized, because you haven't said, I'm sorry. But can I tell us something, guys, in a w- woman's world? I'm sorry is not an assignment of blame. It's an expression of caring. When you say, I'm sorry, doesn't, she's not trying to blame you. She wants to know that you care. And guys, we could, we could, tone down the bickering with just saying I'm sorry I'm sorry you feel this way wife comes home from work I'm upset the boss did and the traffic did and this is going on and they want me to do and we get defensive because we can't fix it well what do you want me to do why what do you why are you telling me it's not my fault see we get defensive She's not blaming you. She needs to know you care. And it's just saying, you know what? I can't fix why the boss spoke or the traffic. But sweetheart, I'm sorry you went through it. It expresses caring. Women, women need to be validated. They don't need to always be right. And women... Fellas, they, they disconnect from stress by talking about things. That's how they disconnect. When a, a lady wants to talk about it, that's her way of disconnecting from the stress of the problem. 
But for men, talking about it creates stress for them. Yeah. Because if we can't fix it, we feel like we're to blame. Yeah. Guys, that's right. Ladies, you talk about something, and if we can't, if we can't do anything about it, we feel like you're blaming us, and we get defensive. And we have to get past that, that we can just talk about. We can just, we can walk through things, and she can, she can tell all of her problems, and I don't have to fix it. That's actually, that's actually liberating. All I have to, date, have to do is say, I'm sorry, and oh, she's healed. She's healed. What have you done? You've done nothing but validate her feelings. And the bickering level goes down. The book of Colossians in the New Testament, chapter number 3, gives us, gives us this direction. Rid yourself of all such things like anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips, and put on the new person in Christ Jesus. There it is. Get rid of it. Stop arguing about whose turn it is to apologize. Don't get caught in that cycle. Don't go there. In fact, let me just share with you. Married couples, there are certain words. If you want to stop the bickering, just get rid of these words. Never, always, you, and any word that begins with every. Every time. Everything. Everything I, every time, get rid of the word. You always, you never get rid of the word you. Don't go to your husband and say, you don't understand. Express it like this. I have feelings that I just, I'm overwhelmed by. Ladies, talk to the man with not using the word you. The moment he hears the word you, he feels blamed. Use the word I. Don't say, you, you need to just listen. You need to take time and hear me out. He's defensive. Use the word I. I need you just to hear my heart right now. I need to be able to express myself in the next few moments. He can hear that. Get rid of the word always, never, you, and any word that begins with every. And the bickering level goes down. And in just a moment, just a moment, we're going to pray together. This auditorium, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm going to ask you to pray right where you're at. And some of us here, we're married couples and we're here alone. And perhaps your spouse didn't come. Perhaps there was an argument today. Perhaps it's rock bottom and things are at its worst and you're here alone. I'm going to ask you to say to your heart before the Lord, as much as it depends on me, I'm in it until death do we part. I'm in it until death do we part. And I'm going to ask married couples in a moment to make that commitment, commitment here before the Lord and to one another. We may go through winter. We may be in a winter. But I'm staying in this marriage until, until death do we part. I'm all the way in. Which brings me to my fourth point right out of Scripture. Right out of Scripture, how to renew love in the marriage, and that is rekindle affection. Rekindle affection. 
And it's found in the last phrase of verse number 15. Last phrase. Verse 15, catch the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine. And then it ends with this phrase, are vineyards that are in bloom. Wait a minute, Pastor, help me. I, I don't see that. I, I'm, I read it, but I'm not getting how that relates to affection. Allow me. And for just a real brief moment, and I know there are young ears in the audience, so I'm going to be very discreet and I'm going to be very delicate. But this is very erotic language. Yes, very sensual. The Word of God, Scripture, is very clear on this. It's going to surprise you. Yes, very erotic language. When it talks about the vineyards there in bloom, it's speaking of lovemaking. Yes. In fact, if you go to chapter 6, verse number 11, it uses this very phrase, and it has attached with it other poetic words, these euphemisms. And it references, it references human genitalia. Yes. That's what it speaks of. That's what scholars tell us it means. The vineyards, the vineyards, it speaks of a lady's legs. And the vineyards that are in bloom. Very erotic language. Very sensual language. What is it saying? It's saying, here it is. You want to renew love? You want to renew love in your marriage? You've got to reconnect emotionally. Come out of the cliff. Come out of hibernation. You've got to respond warmly. He said, your, your face is lovely. Your voice is sweet. You've got to remove bickering. The foxes that spoil the vine. But then he adds that most important thing. That most important thing. And that's the bedroom experience. Always know the vineyards should be in bloom. Don't ever let conflict come into that most intimate, that most intimate area of life. Don't let it, don't let it invade. Don't let it come in. Don't let it spoil the intimacy you have. God intends that that marriage come together and and lovemaking be a celebration and sometimes we can allow the, the conflicts and the hurts and the issues to just kind of drive us apart and we withhold and we feel like we can't be and couldn't be and then when it comes into that most precious area then it wounds the ego and wow a lot of unhealthy things begin to happen a lot of unhealthy things begin to occur in the marriage and I'm here to invite you, don't do that. Don't do that. God intends that the marriage relationship, God intends that that celebration be preserved. In fact, here's what Scripture says. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it is a good thing to have sexual relationships with your spouse. That's in the Bible. So here's what I'm saying. Don't let it come into that area. Keep that area alive. Preserve it. God intended, God created it for pleasure, for celebration, that you would share something together that is so special, the mystery of love shared in that area. 
rekindle your intimacy, rekindle your affection. Do you know Facebook? Facebook allows you to go in and change your, your family profiles. Yeah. On Facebook, you can change your family pro, pro, profile. And I believe the Holy Spirit would like us to do that today. That we're no longer estranged. We're no longer going to live in winter. We're no longer going to hold grievance. We're no longer going to bring up the past. We're no longer going to separate and, and let our intimacy be a battleground, a place where we pay each other back for what happened or didn't happen the day or the week, but to begin to renew love in the marriage. That's what I invite you to do. I invite you, as we're going to pray in a moment, to go in and say, until death do we part. We're going to make this marriage work. The marriage I'm in right now, I'm going to make it work. And by the help of the Holy Spirit, again. You see, in just a few days, we're going to have a strong family conference. Month of March, we're going to have the Art of Marriage class. There's some things we can do to help you and encourage you. But it can begin today with your commitment to one another and to the Lord. So across this auditorium, would you join me in bowing your heads? We have a prayer moment. If you're a spouse and you're here by yourself, I'm going to ask you to make the heart commitment to the Lord. I'm staying in this marriage. I'm staying in this marriage. If you're a married couple, could you just for a moment, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, just for a moment, could you just reach over and take her or him by the hand? It's amazing what, how much we can communicate just by the squeeze of a hand. You reaching over there is like reaching across a great divide. Your squeeze, the squeeze of the hand can say so much. It can say, I forgive. Your squeeze of your hand can say, I'm back in it. I know I've been in hibernation, but I'm, I'm coming back. The squeeze of the hand can say, I'm sorry for what I said last night. I'm sorry for the way I've been responding to you over the last few weeks. The squeeze of your hand can say, it's been too long. We've been separated. We've been cold to each other too long. Just hold her hand. Hold his hand as I pray. Father, couples in this audience some are just in a slight winter moment and some are at a frigid moment if their their marriage is in jeopardy but before you as the holy spirit has dealt with them in this service today to commit to the marriage they're in to recommit to re-engage to come back in get out of hibernation and by the help of the lord to forgive by the help of the lord to connect by the help of the Lord to have a new beginning. To take that D word out of the conversation and quit threatening it. No emotional blackmail. Take the word unless out of the vocabulary and install the word until. We can say the word until. We don't always have to feel it, but we can say it. But somehow saying it will take us across a threshold. And if we'll walk down that path, the feelings will show up.
And I pray for couples today. I pray for marriages. Heal God. Heal the divide. Heal the things that have occurred. Heal the wounds that have happened. Heal the, the, the expectations that have been disappointed. Lord, just cause hearts to be drawn together. And Lord, let, let the lily begin to bloom again. Give him eyes to see his wife, his lily among the thorns. Let his heart be drawn back to his marriage and back to his wife. Let her heart be drawn to him. And now, God, as we invite you, we believe you're going to lift hurt. And you're going to lift pain. Unforgiveness is behind us, and we're going to live out forgiveness. And I'm going to ask that you favor these homes and marriages and let them walk in a new and a fresh experience together and I pray that over them in Jesus name Amen Amen Next weekend I'm preaching part two of this message I've entitled it I've lost that loving feeling and I'm going to from 1 Corinthians 13 show you how you can get the loving feeling back. Thank you for being with us today. I pray you go encouraged and blessed and couples just just honor the vow that you've made to one another. God bless you. Go in the love of the Lord.